You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week is the much-anticipated return of Anthony Green, part three. He has been on the show in every... We're almost to 300 episodes, and he's been on the show in every incarnation of hundreds. So from zero to 100, he was on. From 100 to 200 he was on now from 200 to 300 he's on for a part three uh been looking forward to this one i know a lot of you guys have um anthony is in a much different place than the last time we talked and the time before that even uh every time we talk he's in a very different place um but he is in a good place he is recovering uh he is getting back to to what he loves to do um getting his life together uh, moving on from substance abuse and and actively pursuing his recovery uh, which is a great place to see him at. Uh, we talk about a little bit in the episode of just how we hate that I'm glad you're still here is something we say um, every time we talk because something ends up happening. Um, and I, I mean, Anthony is a fantastic dude. He's He's got a huge heart. Uh, he's a great dad. He's an amazing musician, uh, just an amazing person. And, and I just hate to see people struggle um, in positions like that. And, and it hits all of us different ways. Uh, we all have issues. I mean, there's nobody that's perfect. Um, but you know, with someone with that much talent, um, I just love to see him back in the good. Um, he's in a very good spot. So, uh, cheers to Anthony, his new album, boom done is coming out on July 22nd. Uh, and it's an incredible record. I talk about a little bit in the chat, but there's two songs on there that actually, made me tear up hearing him say these words and and uh it's it's harsh um there's some brutal stuff on there and it's brutally honest like everything he does and uh i think you guys are really going to enjoy the record so definitely check it out i know there's a few songs on spotify already um so go over and check those out all right let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right into the episode so rockabilia.com is back sponsoring the show rockabilia.com peer 15 p-e-e-r 
is your code to get 15% off your order. You can go get some Seosin merchandise, some Circus Survive merchandise. Anything Anthony does is probably on there with 500,000 items officially licensed from the bands in the store. Go to rockabilia.com. Peer15 is the code for 15% off your order. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, We also have the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. Go ahead and go over there and join that group. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff going on in there. And then also the premium service, PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM. You get the videos of the episodes, you get the past cast, and you get the ad-free feed. Um, So it's definitely a good deal. Go over there and support the show. Uh, And support the show by word of mouth. Tell a friend, tell 10 friends. And if you're listening on Spotify right now, you can rate the show. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can actually write a review. Uh, So I definitely want to challenge you guys to write a review of the show, rate the show, and tell a friend this week. I really appreciate that. And I will keep trying to bring you great content week after week, which we've been doing for almost six years. Um, It's just an amazing thing to think about how many conversations and episodes we've had and how many more are on the way. There's a lot of good stuff coming. So, all right, guys, and without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with my good friend, Anthony Green. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. I am fantastic. Yeah, I can. Do you have a do you have a fan going? I'll turn it off. Okay. Amateur move. That was an amateur move on my part. (laughs) I thought you were professional at this point, man. (laughs) I thought you were professional at this point. Uh, (laughs) Back for part three, dude. Yeah, dude. Part three. It. I'm so glad to see you, and uh, I've been stoked to do this uh, like I usually am. Uh, how oh, are you doing? Doing awesome today. Awesome. Today's- yeah. I'm glad you said it that way because uh, there's a lot I want to talk about, but but that mentality right there is is the best. I'm, I'm yeah, doing I'm well today. Trying to take it one day at a time. That's all we can hope for. That's all we can yeah. hope for. It's something I didn't... Um, I didn't think that way until uh, in recovery and 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 with friends in recovery and things like that. Hearing that that stated that way, like, "How are you today? I'm good today, you know." Or I'm not. I'm not uh, doing this today. I'm not doing that today. 
Um, but the future is is uncertain. That that's it's a heavy thing to grasp, but it's also a really important thing to grasp. I think. Yeah, I, I think I I started hearing. I heard somebody else answer the question of how they were doing that way. Like mm. I'm, I'm doing good right now, yeah. and uh, I like that. You know, sometimes that's a loaded question these days. Everybody's going through so much. So when somebody just like casually is like asking you how you are, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's you don't want to get into everything like, oh, <laughs> you know, like every like things are okay. You know, it's like, it's a good way of just saying like things are all right right now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you Manage. in a, are you in a new place? Uh, I'm in my studio. Oh, okay. Perfect. I was gonna say it looked a little different than last time, but, uh, and dude, I'm sorry. I missed you on tour coming through town. I didn't even know you were coming through town. And then I got the email with the tour dates, but they were for last month. And I was like, shit, man. You were here in Portland. I didn't even know. And I, I would have come out, but I had no idea. It was, was such a fun show, man. How did that go? How did that run go? That was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had touring. Um, well, first I got to like play with two of my like all time favorite singers, songwriters, and we were playing on each other's sets. And like from the very beginning of the tour, we were like learning each other's songs and it was just very music focused and the experience was just phenomenal you know there were a lot of nights where we weren't sure what was most nights we weren't sure what was going to happen you know like every every night was different um so it just it was really exciting in that way yeah dude how did you play a lot of the songs from this record yeah i think i played i played three or four songs from the, the new record. I, I ended up doing a version of the song. Maybe this will be the one where Tim Casher played guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, it was awesome. It was one of my favorite songs to play. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I got, so I got the record and I, uh, we can delve, we can delve into it a bunch here, but I, I, I listened to it and I teared up twice and it's at the beginning and at the end. Well, yeah. close to the end and close to the beginning. Uh, it's a heavy record, man. Like it's it's uh, really heavy and very straightforward. Like a very very. There's not a lot of uh, of like um, what do you call it? Like the not mystique, but like where where someone's writing lyrics and they write around what they're trying to say and try to paint a picture. This one's very direct. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes a poem will come out and it'll be, you know, there'll be a lot of abstraction, you know, and sometimes sometimes things come out and they're a little bit more to the point or they're a little bit more, um, they're a little simpler or something. Yeah, I got to say that none of it was um, like super intentional, that everything sort of just kind of you know, I wasn't necessarily trying to tell a story. I, I was like trying to, um, like, you know, just process stuff in real time, you know, with the, the music and with like, uh, the creative process. Um, so it just ended up kind of telling that story over the last like two years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that the, 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 the first song was one of the last songs I, I, I wrote for the record and I was sitting and listening to what I had and um, I felt like there needed to be something. I felt like it was missing something, you know, direct, like, and um, 
I was almost thinking about trying to write a song where I was just saying where exactly where I was at at that moment. And um, I was at my house putting my kids to bed and I was like fiddling around on the piano. And um, the idea for that, that first song came out, you know, I'm not very good at piano. So I was just like kind of fiddling around with the stuff that I know. And um, as it was happening, I felt like it was happening to me. You know, like I was hearing it and the lyrics, the first couple lines came up, came up, you know, in my mind, you know, like I'm just waking up, like kind of just like almost like asking like for, for, for patience, like this is still new to me. Like, please be, be patient with me. I'm just trying to figure out how to, how to do this now. Yeah. Dude. Is that how a lot of your days are going right now? It's just, I mean, everything kind of taking it a moment at a time and just, just the, the, the patience and the, the, uh, just being in the moment. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, I would say that like just a little part of, I think why I was always like looking for something to like, you know, not just to get fucked up, but to like, just feel good in my own skin. And I think part of my process right now is trying to be able to, to, to be in my own skin, to be in the moment, to feel what's happening um, and to process it the way that it's naturally happening, you know, and, um, um, you know, being present in the moment is a difficult thing, no matter what your situation is. Um, but I think it really, it helps, uh, with re- like in regards to your relationships with people and your relationships with yourself, you know, being able to like figure out how to answer some of those questions of why, you know, why do I feel uncomfortable in my own skin? Like, why am I trying to get away from this so much? Why do I, do I feel this way? Have you found, have you found an answer to that? I'm not sure if there's ever like a singular answer to it. Um, and the question's always sort of shifting, you know? So I found a way to, um, to check in with myself every day. And I found like a regiment that works for me, um, staying busy, um, keeping like a schedule where like a loose schedule, you know, where I have all the important things in my life laid out. Um, and I have time there to focus on my recovery, focus on my family, make sure I'm working. Um, and, to you know, keep my support system in the loop of what's going on, all that stuff. It really helps. Yeah. You have a great, you have a great support system and you have a, a just the, I mean, the people around you, some incredible people. And, uh, um, just so lucky to have that, you know, like, like I think the last time, uh, one of the last times you and I had chatted briefly was, was that whole fiasco with the cell phone. Uh, if you remember oh, yeah. that with, with where Chino texted me one morning, he's like, dude, have you talked to Anthony? I was like, not in a while. Uh, he sent me this text. It's super vague and weird. And I, I just, I don't know if he's okay. And I said, well, let me reach out. And I reached out. And I, I think I reached out to uh, Brendan or Colin, maybe Brendan and Colin, like, hey, have you talked to Anthony today? Like, the, the, and they're like, yeah, he's, he's fine. And then you text me like, yeah, dude, I'm good. It's like, what the hell is this text? Yeah, there's some with the cell phone number Chino or something. Either. Yeah. I yeah. never texted, you know, which was really strange. Like, I, um, 
you know, I, I was like extremely confused. I was looking at my phone, like, did, did I, you know, but no. Yeah. Super strange, super strange situation. But, um, I've texted him a bunch on that number too. And I haven't heard back from him ever. Really? Like that, that day, like we texted and shit and I've texted him on that number and yeah. nothing. Dude, that's, <laughs> so, that's so weird. He'll, he'll listen to this. He'll hear this. Maybe he'll text you back. Uh, he's in Croatia right now, I think, or something, but, uh, yeah, it's super weird, super weird stuff. But like, um, so since the last time we talked, a lot has happened. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, can you take me through the last couple of years of what's been going on? Like not even, not even like the last couple of years, but like listening to this record, I knew stuff, I knew stuff had happened. I knew, I knew, uh, there was a relapse and that you had gone into uh rehab mm -hmm. um i did not know uh the, like what like i said earlier when i listened to the record i teared up a couple times and there was some stuff in there that i didn't know had happened which and i'm going off of what i read in the email from the label which pretty much spells it out right there but then hearing you sing about it that's what made me tear up because you know uh, walk me through that a little bit if you if you don't mind because I, I like I said before like when we've had these chats before these chats I think help a lot of people the amount of emails that come in of people hearing you talk about these things on this show are helping people right. um, it's not like a headline grabbing thing like I, I it's a genuine um, discourse that helps people um, so share what you want to share, but, but I don't really, I don't really want to get into like the war story aspect of it. You yeah, know, everybody, exactly. Everybody's story with addiction is the same, you know, um, you know, a few, a few years ago, um, you know, I, I overdosed and, um, I was really lucky, uh, that, you know, I was resuscitated and I was really lucky. And I think, you know, the point of the story was that I, you know, I, I got clean after that, but I was still really struggling. And, um, you know, I spent two years trying to figure out a way to deal with, you know, my, my bipolar diagnosis, you know, trying to figure out a way to, um, to manage and, um, you know, toward the end, you know, of this year, I, I had another relapse. Um, I just wasn't taking care of myself. I was alienating myself from everybody. I was isolating, I should say, you know, I was isolating. I wasn't really talking about the stuff I really needed to talk about. And it was building up in me. And I was also feeling incredibly suicidal, you know, um, which is tough to say, you know, uh, I, you know, was convinced that, because of my bipolar, because of everything that I was just going to hurt everybody around me. And I just got in this terrible mindset. Um, and I think that, it, you know, having, you know, relapsed, died, you know, got resuscitated, had this second chance and then messing it up again after, you know, in, the, in between is when I wrote this record, you know, and I was struggling every day, you know. Um, I was going through a lot that I, you know, a lot of stuff I couldn't even put into words <clears throat> with, with stuff going on at home. And, um, you know, I, I could look at my 
relapses and see exactly what I did wrong, which is good, you know, in a way, because it kind of gives you a blueprint of how to avoid it. But um, with it comes just like tremendous shame. You know, I, I'm, I messed up, you know, financially, I messed up tours that people needed, you know, for, for their livelihood. Um, you know, I put so many people and I put so many people, you know, um, in a bad position that way. I robbed my friends of their peace of mind worrying about me. And, um, you know, all I could really do is, you know, get into a treatment program. And, um, I went for, for, you know, from January or from February until I left for this tour and, um, you know, helped me a lot. And, uh, all I can do is try to learn from it and move on, you know, and take every day as it comes and try to do the best I can to be a good father and a good friend. And, um, you know, try to rebuild some of the relationships, you know, that were, you know, they were shattered by that. And, um, you know, it's tough. It's tough, you know, for me, at least like I, I have a lot of stuff I need to work on. And, uh, you know, if I, if I start, um, you know, going down an area where I'm, I'm getting too close to an extreme, whether it's a high or a low, I just have to check it. Um, and, uh, you know, right now I'm on a, I have, you know, the medication that I'm taking helps me a lot. Um, my balance of like work home life is getting better. Um, you know, I, I've been, you know, keeping my, my recovery on the, the forefront of my day. I wake up, I do a gratitude list, you know, I go to meetings, um, you know, I check in with people and, uh, I'm just, you know, trying every day to work on myself, to work on being present in my own skin, to accepting myself and um, trying to avoid making those mistakes again. And I am, I am first and foremost, just so glad that you're still here. Uh, you know, I, I, a lot of people. That, I hate that that's something we have to say, like on every podcast, like every time you talk to me, it's like, <laughs> so glad you're still alive you know like i hate that like i really hope that i can like do it this time where i can like really like get to a point in my life where i don't have to like make people worry about me dying Mm -hmm. i understand i and i i you know there's just a lot of people that that love you very much and and uh you know myself included, you know, I love you as a friend, like we've known each other a long time and it's just, it's so, um, people just don't know what people are going through and you can't, you can't, uh, think that you do either. And, and, uh, everyone's journey is different and, you know, everyone has bumps in the road and, 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 um, but the fact that you're doing what you need to do is, is, uh, I love that. I love that. You know, yeah. I think that when, you know, when you're suffering, when you're in pain, there's this point where you think like, or at least for me, <clears throat> where I always think like, <clears throat> I have to like, sort of like shield people in my life from it, you know, and whether that's an ego thing where I want them to think I'm okay, whether that's a, a thing where I don't want to burden them with what I, what's going on with me. <clears throat> um, I think it's important for people to know that you got to talk about it. 
got to reach out. You got to tell somebody, you know, um, you're, that you don't have to go through that shit alone. That people will understand, you know, yeah. somebody will. Um, and if not, it just feels good to unburden yourself. Like it really does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I go to therapy right before I do these on Thursdays, um, <clears throat> which can be a crapshoot because I, we could go into something really heavy in therapy and then I click into here and Hey, are people going to see you drinking? No, 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 but I, uh, I'll, I'll click out of something like super heavy in therapy because I, I schedule like up to the minute because like Thursdays are my day to be in the studio and we'll go into something crazy and then it's time to stop and I click into here. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like when yeah. I'm still in that mode. But sometimes I've hit something profound and then this just skyrockets it to another level, right? Like it's a crapshoot that way. And I almost feel well, I mean, you're, you're talking for a living, you know, like this yeah. is like you're you're, you know, so in a way like you're, this is sort of, I mean, talking to somebody that is therapeutic in, in any fashion that way. So it's like, you know, you're, you're sort of doing a mini, mini therapy session in a way. Absolutely. And it's something I feel very strongly that you have to give some of yourself to get something. Uh, you, you have to invest yourself in the conversation too. Like it's something where, I listen to a lot of shows that that this host gives no information, no uh, insight at all. It was just like pulling and taking and taking and taking, but they give nothing back uh, yeah. to the conversation, right? Like, and and where I was going with the therapy part is, I'm in therapy because we're still trying to figure out where I sit. the 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 last therapist I had thought I had bipolar, uh, like not tendencies, but the, it could be a possibility. Um, there's a, like something called tripolar, uh, that they were talking about. And then there's something else. I can't remember the name, but I've been on a wait list for psychiatry for nine months. It's crazy, right? Nine months. And I still have not seen somebody. Uh, it, I, I, the first psychiatrist that I started seeing or that I started talking to to two years ago, um, it took me like almost three months to get an on phone appointment with them to talk to them. And it was the type of thing where I got on the phone with them. We talked for an hour Mm -hmm. and then they were like, this is the medication that you should take. Right. And so I started on that medication and I was having such a difficult time, but I couldn't get them back on the phone. Mm -hmm. And so I looked and uh, went into a talk to another psychiatrist who was like, you should not be taking that medication. And so I was like, holy shit. So I started taking a different medication. And, um, you know, it's just things like that. Uh, it becomes very difficult, you know. Uh, I don't know whether it's the healthcare system or whether it's mental health stuff in general, but it's just like very hard for people to find help. I have a friend in my town who's been going through so much, and her family um, has been trying to get her help. And she's gone to the crisis center and she's gone to facilities, but it, it, everything costs so much money, and it's just it, it's, it's very difficult, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did you walk around much of Portland when you played or did you kind of stick close to the venue? Um, this time around, I went for a little walk around. We went and ate somewhere. We did a little thrifting. Did you um, see all the the like the camps and everything everywhere and people kind of just walking yeah. like zombies through the streets? I've been seeing that in Portland over the last couple <sighs> of years. I hadn't been there in a while, but yeah. um, it's, you know, it's it's terrible. There's no help. It's, 
there's no help for anyone. They're just left on their <clears> own. <throat> it's really sad. It's really meanwhile, sad. Meanwhile, like budgeting for, for things that, you know, um, like it just seems like uh, a lot of a lot of the problems that we're having could could you know be be lessened by helping some of those people out with what they really need you know mm -hmm. a lot of them are veterans a lot of them are people that are suffering from mental illness you know um it's just terrible you know i can't pretend to know like i have the faintest idea of how to solve you know massive problems like that um but i know it's it, it starts with people you know not feeling ashamed to have to deal with their things that they were born with you know mm -hmm. things that that might be things that could benefit people you know if we're able to manage it and work with it you know um but instead you know they, there's no help for them absolutely it's 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 um like i don't have the the uh, the suicidal ideation as much as uh it's mainly it's mainly kind of like a, uh, not a, like an apathy towards it. Like if this happens, it ha like things like, yeah. you know, a, maybe I don't hit the brakes on the car this time. Like, and then that happens. Like, it's not like I'm going to do this. It's like, if right. it happens, it happens, right? It's like this weird deadening of the senses to where it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Kind of resigned to it. So when they asked me on the phone, you know, do you have guns in the house? No. Uh, are you going to kill your family? No. Do you have thoughts of killing yourself? Not really. Then you get pushed off and you don't get an appointment. Like it's almost yeah. like you have to lie about it to get I, it. It's weird. I um, was in rehab with people who said that they, like it was a dual diagnosis center mm -hmm. saying the same thing that they like couldn't get admitted unless they were saying they were going to kill themselves because of their insurance or because of one thing or the other. Yeah. Like it's, it's completely unacceptable, you know, um, it's, it's terrible. And I mean, the fact is, is that, you know, everybody goes through something or is affected by somebody that goes through something, you know, um, and the, the amount of, um, you know, money that, uh, you know, cities spend on like sports teams and things like that. When they have like people who are on the streets that need help, you know, it's, you know, I love sports. So I'm not trying to like talk shit. You know, I like I'm not trying to take sports away from people. You know, I just think that, um, the whole, the whole thing about mental health and addiction, you know, we need to have a big overhaul in this country about how we deal with it, about how we educate people about it, um, like about how we approach, you know, I was looking at, I had this idea of trying to put um, drug like fentanyl test strips in my record. And I found out that there's like illegal in some states to do that. Really? You know? Um, yeah. And like, even like with touring, like I wanted to try to get, venues to be educated on Narcan, which is the, the drug that reverses an overdose, which, mm -hmm. you know, you know, helps save my life. And, um, you know, there's a lot of places where they won't, they, they won't, they can't get it. Yeah. You know, you have to have a prescription. Man, those that, those, uh, is it, the Narcan comes in like a pen, doesn't it? Like a, like a, um, a little nasal spray. Oh, it's a nasal spray. Okay. Cause I was watching a, a, a short like vice documentary on like Canada. And how they yeah. were having a like a, a like the resurgence of this, 
And this yeah. this gal was taking these things around to different uh, fire stations and stuff and stocking them up on it. It's everywhere. Like uh, fentanyl is everywhere. It's not just in opiates, you know, people that sell cocaine and, and process cocaine. Sometimes it gets in there. People are dying everywhere. They, they, there's pills, you know, people think they're buying a Xanax or an Adderall or whatever it is. And there there's fentanyl in it. And it's, it's terrible, you know, and it's definitely not getting any better um, with the way that it's been treated. You know, I think that, um, you know, we, you know, we need to like make safe injection sites for people. We need to make job placement programs for people. We need, there needs to be programs that, that are helping people get off these drugs. Cause it's like, you, you can't just, the idea that you're just going to put somebody in a rehab, it's going to work for everybody is, is it's not yeah. feasible. You know, um, it's, it's a very complex issue. It's going to require like a lot of like, um, like changing around of, of systems of how they are. And it's seems like because it's such a complex thing, it's also seems like there's like a, there's like a business around people staying sick, you know, like there's yeah. like a, there's like a for-profit revolving door rehab system where it's like, I don't know if they see themselves benefiting that much from people getting better, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy theorist guy. I'm not trying to, point the blame at anybody all i know is that you can get better um not everybody is as lucky as me that has access to all the resources that i have and that uh i think that we need to try to make you know um we need to try to make education about drug safety better you know it, we need to get out of this mentality of like pure abstinence for people because it just is not realistic um and we need to be able to meet people where they're at you know, to try to help them, you know, it's not, you're not going to punish somebody into, um, uh, seeing what's going on. You're not going to like, you know, it's, it, you can't shame somebody into getting better. You know, um, we need to like get to the root of why these issues are happening with people. You know, for me, you know, I have PTSD, um, you know, I have from stuff that happened when I was a kid, I have, uh, you know, Oh, I've been dealing with probably, I probably have, you know, brain damage from the OD, you know, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, and, um, I know that when I'm living my life like this, when I'm, when I'm clean, when I'm actively taking care of myself, I'm exercising, I'm going to therapy, I'm, I'm, you know, working, um, I feel great and I'm able to be a good dad. I'm able to be a good friend. And I like this, you know, this is great. Um, but there are times when things get overwhelming, things get dreadful, you know, and, and being aware of how easy you can slip into a state where you don't give a shit about yourself and you don't give a shit about the future. And you get into that zone where it's this selfish, like, oh, people will be better off without me. I might as well, you know, go fuck off. Um, that's a da that's a dangerous spot. Trying to keep yourself from getting into that place, you know, um, putting, goals in, in place of that putting, you know, uh, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff to do in the world. You know, I have a lot of music I want to make. And so that helps me a lot. I have these four beautiful children that I'm, you know, getting to, to be a part of their life and be a part of their, you know, growth. And I want to be positive, 
you know, influence on them. I want them to see me succeeding and um, doing well. And that's, that's the biggest part of it for me, just being a good dad. Yeah, dude, you, you're, you are an awesome dad. And you, I, I love seeing all the videos of your boys skateboarding. They're getting <laughs> so good at skateboarding. Skating has been such a great thing. You know, it has been such a, um, you know, an important aspect of, of my children's life. You know, it's taught them so much. Skating is like such a metaphor for everything in the world. You know, like um, if you want to get good at it, if you want to learn, you have to like, you know, you have to fail a bunch before you're going to get it. And it, it's taught them resilience in a way that I, I could never have like tried to teach them. Yeah. So I'm so grateful for skateboarding. I love it too. I'm not that great at it. I can't do like crazy chick tricks. I like, you know, can kind of Ollie, yeah. which basically means I can't Ollie. And, um, but I, I cruise around with them and yeah. I love it. I love watching them, you know, fall down, get back up again, and then see that look on their face when they land a trick or they land something and they're just like, fuck. And they realize that they have that power mm-hmm. within themselves to, to commit themselves to something and accomplish it. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Are you still taking them every day to the park so as the much as you park, can? The skate park closed for a couple months, which was so shitty. Oh. It was but we had to go to these other parks, but now the parks open down the street and it kind of rained a little bit today. We'll see if it's, see if it's uh, open up later. Um, but yeah, we go as often as we possibly can. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's something you have to get hurt to get good at. I I can skate a little bit with them in the park, but then I can just like chill. There's a playground right next to our park. You know, like I can, we like me and the little guys can like, you know, play jackpot or throw the Frisbee around or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, it's, it's like pretty, it's pretty cool. Dude. I'm grateful for it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, uh, I was talking to, uh, uh, Eric Sandin from, from no effects about surfing and like the, just being fluid in general as a person, as a, as a being, as a, as an entity through life alone, just like letting things wash over you, let the, let the bad stuff hit you. And it will pass like yep. it will take you under. It'll roll yeah. you around for a second and right back. But once you find that harmony, there's nothing like it. And I it made me want to go jump in the ocean because <laughs> I have never surfed. But hearing him talk about it in that manner just like opened up all these things in my mind of just I how really fluid love, you can really be. Love that. That's that's really beautiful. I love it. You can do the same with skateboarding, like the same thing yeah. with it. I mean, you're you're mapping out where you're going to go, but it may change. You're looking at things differently. You're looking at a park bench. It's not a bench. It's the next thing you're going to go to and you're going to ride. Like, like you can, it teaches you like a different way of experiencing the world, which yeah. is people don't realize that stuff. Like there's like, Oh, you're fucking up my park bench or, or let's put these things on the rails, you know? So you can't, you can't grind them. Like, there needs to be a place for people to be creative. And that's somehow that some people, that's all the creativity they have is, is skateboarding. There maybe not be like a musician or, or whatever, you know, like that's their art and they're utilizing everything. It's just such a cool thing to utilize what's it's around. Very you for that. It's very expressive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You see some people that do it like nobody else, you yeah. know, like there's mechanics to it and physics to it, but some people defy that just like with music, like there's rules in music, but some people break them and in a very cool way. 
it's so comparable to music in in that way where you know you hear a beautiful song but you don't you don't realize that there were like layers and layers and layers of somebody you know uh you know, probably farting around with their, you know, their voice memo on their phone, you know, making the one part of the riff and maybe it was different, you know, in the beginning and then it, it changes its shape. And then maybe, you know, you don't like it as much and you keep going at it and keep going at it until you get, Oh, and then you can add this part to it. And then, Oh, like a couple of days after, Oh man, I could do that. And, um, you know, it's trial and error in that way where then when you get it, it's like, oh, it's like a victory that is like impossible to to explain. It's like, uh, it's just it it makes you feel like you belong in the world mm-hmm. in a place where you can feel completely alone and completely uh, like just away from everyone, completely different than everybody. You can feel there's also belonging. Community things. There's like a community to skateboarding, you know. Mm-hmm. There's kids that like hang out at the skate park and they see each other every day and they root for each other. You know, it doesn't matter whether some kid's a beginner mm-hmm. or somebody's like, you know, uh, you know, a pro. They're just rooting for everybody to do well. And they're, you know, generally like they're all very accepting. It doesn't matter whether, you know, a girl or a boy or where you're from or what you're wearing. Like you mm-hmm. skate. That's, it. That's the common denominator. Like music can be very similar in that way where it just draws similar minds, you know, on this tour with, with Tim Kasher and Lar Jane Grace, um, there was a, a, a bass player and a drummer that played with everybody. Alex Kearns was the drummer and Megan CB was the bass player. She also plays cello for cursive, played cello on her songs. And, um, when we got there, we just immediately started learning and jamming and talking to each other and trying to figure out little nuances of songs here and there. And we would try something and maybe it wouldn't work. And then we'd get it next time, you know, and we would go at it. And it was almost like the failure of a, of a, of a moment would become the, the thing that, that made the victory of the next moment, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, we, it, you know, you had to get it wrong a couple times in order for it to click. And then when it clicked, you know, oh, it was magical. And they played in everybody's sets. And it was, it was just, inc- it was incredible, you know. And there were nights where, you know, halfway through the tour, we got really comfortable where we could, you know, try out new things. I could tell them like, hey, instead of ending the song here, let's try to jam on this part and bring it down and just follow me and we'll, we'll see where it goes and, uh, things like that, you know, like taking little risks like that. Um, they can just, um, they can make for like, you know, the biggest, you know, triumphant feeling like the biggest, like triumphant crescendo, you know, like when you just go, you know, and sometimes you got to fall, like you, you know, you have to fall in order to learn exactly what it is that you got to change to make it better next time. You know, sometimes, sometimes there's a whole album of that, you know, you know, you're like, Oh, I have this certain sound or I have this certain thing I want to try. You put out a record and it's like, maybe it doesn't feel as good live or, or something like that. And that's how you learn. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. lucky, you have people who are listening to you and supporting you who will grow along with you, you know? Yeah. It's that collective, that collective energy too, where, uh, you know, you guys are all together on this caravan going through the country doing mm-hmm. this, you know, like-minded things. It just makes sense to, to blend it together. Right. Like it's like the, I'm trying to think what I was talking with about this, but like Lollapalooza 91 or whatever, the first one where every band joined every band, 
like Rollins band would play and then they would go perform like either the drummer or Hank would go up and play with ice ice tea or then uh butthole surfers would play with Susie and the Banshees and then everybody would play you know and these people are getting this experience like holy shit like all of these people that I love are on stage together doing this thing like I had no idea this was going to happen it's a special moment for everyone like it's everyone it was also a sense of like it all kind of falling apart at any minute too, because we were doing a lot of things where it was like, all right, today we're going to play this song. Let's learn it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so like, there was a song I was like joking around about playing drums on for Laura's set. And she was like, Hey, we're going to play that song. You're going to play drums. (laughs) And I was like, Oh shit. You know? And uh, like, I learned, you know, by the end of the set, I was like killing it, but by the end of the tour, but like things like that, you know, where we weren't sure if we, we were going to play that song or not. And, you know, you had, you could be backstage, like, you know, eating watermelon and then somebody you hear like, Oh my God, they're going to play that song. You got to go play bass, you know? (laughs) Um, And it, it was really exciting like that, you know, and every day we would like, you know, we were just talking about music all the time, you know, like, uh, it was just really, it was, it was a really fun experience, especially not having toured for a really long time. Um, and almost feeling like I wasn't ever going to do that again. You know, um, it was like a really safe environment for me. And, uh, you know, uh, it was just, it was magical. I love it. I, I, I was home for two days before I was like, Oh man, I miss playing. I just want to play tonight. Dude. Were you guys in the same van? Like, were you guys all sharing a van or were you all traveling yeah, separate? We, yeah, we shared a bus. Oh, you shared a bus. Dude, that's rad. Okay. So you got to experience the whole thing together. I remember last time we like, spoke. You know, at the end of the night, we'd go back and like we'd be learning songs in the back lounge and, you know, watching movies together. And it was really cool. That's so awesome, dude. I, I, I remember last time we spoke, you, you had mentioned, I think, that this may never happen again. Touring may never happen again. And you were kind of OK yeah. with that. <laughs> I was a little pessimistic. That we were. Well, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. There was no vaccine at that moment. Yeah. There was all this shit. We were just waiting to hear every day. And. I think it was easier for me to come to terms with the fact that it was over than it was to deal with the unknowing, mm-hmm. you know, like the not, the not knowing what's going to happen. I don't think unknowing is even a word, but like, um, like the uncertainty of it was hard for me to deal with. So saying like, Nope, it's gone. I'm going to have to figure out how to deal with this and make this the best thing I could. That was like, how I thought the best way to deal with it was. I'm not sure if it necessarily was or not, (laughs) but um, (laughs) definitely sent me in kind of a dark place thinking that um, in retrospect, I probably should have been a little bit um, more reasonable or I should have been a little bit more optimistic or positive, but um, it was tough. It was really tough. I was very scared. Yeah. I mean, doing everything, everything around you is, is changing that way. Something you thought would be around forever. Yeah. Yeah. lost my job. I was out of work. I couldn't, I couldn't play music for people, you know, and you can do it on a computer. You can do a zoom thing, but it's just the way that a voice resonates in you when someone's singing, it just doesn't come through when you're on, Zoom. you know, um, it just doesn't. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms, 
They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. 
that gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's absolutely, that's absolutely the case. I, the first show, I went to after, I mean, shows were back for a long time before I decided to go to one. And I went and saw my friend Brooks play with uh, Jawbox. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, when the Savory came on and they started playing that song, I was just like, oh my God, this is what yeah. this, like, this is it. I feel in the, you know, the kick drum in my heart, like, and just, yeah. you know, sold out show at the Roseland in Portland, but I could like spin around with my arms out and not touch yeah. anybody because people were buying tickets and not going to support the bands but not right. risk themselves. Such a weird thing. But uh, feeling that again, like that, you know, not playing the music for me, like I've resigned to the fact that I think my place in music is right where I'm at right now doing this with you uh, yeah. versus being on stage. But I got that feeling again of live music in my face. My ears were ringing, no earplugs. <laughs> I was just like loving it. It was incredible. Yeah. My first couple shows back were just like acoustic shows. And I did, I did a couple around Doylestown, you know, um, just acoustic and it was, oh man, the feeling of just, a, you know, one of them was like a benefit. There was maybe 17 people on the lawn of Planned Parenthood, um, you know, it was like a benefit for the rainbow room and it was, oh, it was cold and it was outside and people just like got their chairs and were all spread apart. And I played acoustic and a bunch of people played locally and it's just to sing to people and see them right there and to feel the feeling of what I was doing with my voice to see it travel and to know that it was, that it was in their heart, you know, they were feeling it in their heart mm -hmm. Man, that is just something that I miss so much. And then, you know, I went on this little tour. I did like a weekend where I brought my, where I brought my two oldest James and Lucy with me and they were like my crew. And that was so much fun. It was like a little tour. I mean, everything was distant and outside, but it was just, I was so happy. Um, and yeah, and getting to do these shows, like the idea that we're going to be in like, you know, like seeing like a turnstile show. Mm -hmm. Like I saw them at, I saw them at, um, 
furnace fest. I got to play last minute. Somebody bailed and they asked me to play last year and seeing them and, and, and seeing shows where like the crowd was just going wild and on top of each other and shit. It was just, it made me so happy, you know, in a way that I, uh, I didn't think it was going to happen again. So, um, you know, until something else comes along, you know, some fucking the next flesh eating virus comes, I, just want to try to play for as many people in as many concert halls as I possibly can. Dude, did you, uh, uh, are you guys doing that when we were young fest? Seosin's Seosin doing is? It. Yeah. I, we're going we're gonna to play a bunch of shows like scattered around the fest too, like okay. in between in California. So this shit. thing is real. I've been, I've been like looking at like, how are the logistics of this thing going to work? It's so I, I've weird. Sat, I've sat down and, and thought about it. Yeah. And in, if, if they change the, the schedule every show, then it might be like, it might be doable in the sense that people will get to see their ba- their favorite bands, but there's going to be so much overlap. I just don't know how everybody's yeah. going to get who they want to see. Um, so my, my thing is in my mind, I don't know, it, the easiest thing for them would be to keep it the same every weekend, but then it's just like, I don't know if they change the schedule every time then yeah. people might see everybody and it might be, it's going to be super awesome. No matter what, I'm just excited to play with Seosin and to, to do that. We've been messing around with some new music and it's, That's it's wild. Cool. Yeah. I, I love I love that band and I love that band with you in it. You know, like that's the first one I heard. I just had Rich Balling on, uh, yeah. which I, I texted you what? about. And uh, what a what an awesome chat with him. But uh, dude, he's yeah, talking about the first time <laughs> we got genius. that Seosin EP on Burn he CD is, and like, holy shit. Up, Rich is a straight up genius. He is. Yeah. He is. And he's such a he's like the glue like he could just like go into a room of people and bind them all together just being yeah. in there it's just this weird that he's like the ultimate collaborator like yeah if collaboration was a profession he could just lead that it's crazy um but yeah talking about hearing that first that first time hearing that i'm on a burn cd and uh god that took me back man <laughs> but uh i yeah that festival like how you get that many bands in it's in Vegas, right? Like, or, or yeah. So how do you get that many bands there for like two shows and then a week off and then another like third show and you're going to have to, so there's going to be some, probably the coolest shows ever happening around that area for that week in between oh, of yeah. like one-offs and stuff of everyone. Oh, let's combine this, combine that. That's going to be killer. Oh yeah. It's going to be absolutely killer. I, I'm just excited for the hang. Yeah. You know, I'm going to see so many people, you know, yeah. get to have so many like old friends touring people you know it's gonna be like a lot yeah did you have someone you were super stoked to see at furnace fest when you went down and played oh there was so many did so you go many. for the whole thing or just the night you played no i just i just got there the day i tried to get there the day before i wanted to i think maybe cave-in was playing okay i'm not sure but uh i was really excited to see um be well which is brian mcturnan's band Dude. Um, I was really, really excited to see Turnstile. Obviously, there's favorite bands. Get Up Kids got to play with the Get Up Kids. Spirit Box was cool. There was some Boys of Fire got to play. Um, there were so many great bands. Dude, Spirit Box is killing it right now, big time. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, they're really so good. 
So good. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. You're going to be doing, uh, Seosin, dude. That's so many people be stoked about that, but, um, did, did, and I meant to ask you this earlier when we were talking about, you know, the, the downtime, but is, did Circa do a live stream during COVID? Yeah, we live streamed Blue Sky Noise. Okay. On to back. How did that go? Did that go well? Cool. Okay. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, we, we just practiced the shit out of it and then uh-huh. went in and did a couple takes of each track. And we got to do it with our lighting LD guy, Lenny, who is amazing. He set up like a really cool setup for us playing. It was really fun. That's awesome, dude. I, I was I was curious on that. I, I, oh, I don't remember who I was talking to last. I meant to ask, but... Um, I know some people went both ways on those things and, and talking about, you know, versus the internet versus live, um, having that experience. I know under oath was really successful with theirs and, and, um, yeah, just a, just a wild thing, the whole live stream thing. But, um, what's, what's getting you, what's getting you excited now? Like, like, I mean, you've got your routines, you've got your, your, you're making your gratitude list. You're doing my, all my these things. Out, I'm really excited about my record comes out on, july 22nd and i'm doing some in stores around that i'm you know gonna do i think i'm gonna do a couple solo shows you know between now and then um uh i have like some stuff going on in august um just like little shows here and there uh like i'm not sure if i'm gonna do i might do a couple full band i'm gonna try to put a full band thing together so i can do like the record with the horns and all that stuff yeah um, those sales and shows are going to be really cool. I think I'm going to go to Florida for like a weekend and play some shows. Um, I'm really excited about the record coming out and doing some stuff with it. Um, there's some cool shit happening right now, um, that I can't really talk about, but, sure. um, I have a cool little project that's coming out, you know, this, uh, like this year, something I worked on during the pandemic with a bunch of other friends and we'll play some shows and, um, that'll be really cool. But I, yeah, it's like a under wraps at the moment. Sure. How did you get hooked up with this label to put out the record? Uh, born losers. Yeah. They're from Philadelphia and the guy that owns, like the guys that own it live down the street from me. Oh shit. So when okay. I was doing my kids record, um, they were like, Hey, let's go get lunch. Let's talk about what we do. And they showed me their label, which I kind of knew of, but didn't really, um, the one guy was in a band that like, you know, tour with Circa back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, you know, they were, they had such a good deal and, um, I just wanted to try something different. So, you know, we, we linked up and they were talking about doing stuff for the kids record. And, um, we just ended up, we ended up doing the fucking whatever EP, mm-hmm. which is another side project I do with the guys from taking back Sunday and Ben from group love. Yeah. 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 And so we did that record with Born Losers and I just thought, well, I'll try a solo record with them and see how it goes. You know, I've been doing the the same thing with the solo records with Memory for a while. So I was just like, yeah, we'll see if, you know, and they had a couple things going on and I was just, you know, try something different, keep it in Philly, you know, keep it in the Philadelphia record label family and, um, you know, just see how it goes. They're really great dudes there. They're friends of mine. You know, I can go if we want to have like a creative meeting, I can like go down the street, you know, and have lunch with them, which it makes it a little bit different than the last couple solo releases. 
Dude, that's awesome because the 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 what's it the tribalism like the thing where we we suck back and and those people close to us local in our community that COVID kind of showed us again. Uh, I love that that's shining through now, like we're you know keeping it in in a local community feel, and just going that route is excellent. It's the best way to go. I mean, you you can be in touch. You can go like you said, go have lunch. That stuff's awesome. It's yeah, so awesome. Admit- it makes a big difference, you know, like, um, just having that closeness, you know, uh, you know, you're like, you're you're like, you feel like everything's sort of proportionate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything, is there anything coming up, uh, circa wise this year? No, not this year. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the circus stuff. Okay. Are you guys still doing the Patreon and stuff like that for, for that? I I think the Patreon's still going. Yeah. Still going. Okay. Well, man, I, I, uh, I'm just so excited for what you have going on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to try to figure out a way to get to that festival. <laughs> I got to see it for myself. Uh, there's just so many, so many, so many old friends, like you're saying, like, just, you look at the list, you're just like, Jesus Christ, like all in one spot. It's just intense. It's, it's absolutely intense. Um, I can't wait. What, uh, so the record comes out July 22nd. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So vinyl, just vinyl and then online or anything else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we're going to make some tapes. Um, I was, you know, talking to the born losers guys about doing this thing where we might, we might start like a little tape club where we like auction on, we make like, we do like a, a, a different song, like every you know couple months where we do like one song where the only place it exists is on this tape. And I make the covers for it and we like maybe auction them off. We're, we're like talking about a bunch of cool ideas. Um, there's a, I have like a little bit of time off right now for the rest of this month and, and a little bit of time off the beginning of July. And then from July on, I'm just like playing a lot, traveling a lot. I've got a lot of shit going on. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Staying yeah. busy is, is crucial. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm picking up from you too. Though. Like I say, if I get too busy, then it's like, <laughs> yeah. so it's like, I'll try to find a balance. It's hard. It's hard when you love with what you do. Cause you end up like immersing yourself in it and overwhelming yourself, like almost intentionally, you know, cause you're like, cause I'm addicted to pain. <laughs> <laughs> so I like overload myself and then I get overwhelmed and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So trying to give it all the quality of it just being, um, you know, having, having the time that it needs and having time to decompress as well. Yeah. Yeah. Finding that balance, man, finding that balance. That's the, that's the key to life. I think is balance because there's a lot out there to try. There's a lot out there to do. And there's a lot that needs to be done in house, in your head, in your heart. Like it all needs to be balanced. And that's, I think that's the whole journey of life is trying to find that balance Yeah, uh, that some of us never get there. But. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think the point of it ever is, is to get there. I think the point is just to always be going for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going to get it for a second, you know, and then you're going to get thrown off, you know, and if you don't get back up again, then you're in trouble, you know, just getting back up there is the, is the whole point. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. You need to start a podcast, man. You need to start a podcast. I and talk about talk about these things that that we're talking about, where these issues that are important and uh, 
having people on that that are in that realm, right? Like that that are are able to make moves in that in that realm with mental health and addiction and all that stuff. I think it'd be really important. Uh, I think I'm a better guest than a host. Well, there you go. That's that's fair. That's fair. You've been on here three times. <laughs> I always think of, I always think about I think about doing stuff like I, I think like oh I'm, I'll try this or maybe I should try this or that, but like everything that isn't just like making songs, making records, you know, like most things that aren't that, it's hard to hold my attention mm-hmm. for that, hold my interests, you know, like something about the records and music and stuff. Like I can get into that and be patient with that and. um my drive to do anything else is, is not as strong as it probably should be in order to do it. It's just, it's not, it's not your thing. And that's yeah. good, man. That's, I mean, that's all good. You could be a guest whenever I mean, you can be on here whenever, like we said, once a year, we'll just do this once a year and whatever. I think we should try to do it once a year. Yeah. That'd be oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I won't have to say that the next time because, uh, yeah, it would in- be great. Let's do the, let's do these until we get to the point where we don't have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. Oh. I, I did. Well, well, thanks for coming back on, man. I, I really no appreciate it. This has been I just put out a song today. That's just streaming today. It's, it's called trading doses. It's out right now, dude. That's a good track. That's right in the middle of the record. Thanks. That, like I said, that yeah. the the uh, uh, I don't want to die tonight. I don't want to die tonight. That one got me. And dude, but the, so that was the first song I wrote when I got out of rehab. This that last time, you know, after the thing that happened. Yeah. Um, the just, first thing I wrote out of it was um, musing off this off of the one day at a time thing, where this guy was like, you know. Tomorrow you can do whatever you want. Tomorrow you can go get high, but right now today, let's just commit to right now. You're not going to do it. And he, he wasn't necessarily talking to me. He was like telling his story. And I just found it so interesting. That mentality finally clicked of like, okay, let's just get through this moment. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Just get through this moment. Um, and I really liked that. Uh, it gave me like one of those <sighs> feelings when yeah. I, when I, when I wrote the lyrics to it, like sitting down writing and singing. And like when I sang the, but tomorrow I might yeah. the very first time that came out, I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> <I'm> fucking, <laughs> it was like uh, that feeling, you know, you get when someone fucking tells you the truth, Yeah, you know? And I was like, all right, this is cool. This is what it all needs to be. Dude. <laughs> That was me. That was me listening to that song on the way to work this morning at five in the morning, driving through Portland as I'm watching people get up and start trying to find their fix for the day, walking through the streets, like no stop, like not giving a shit about stoplights. Like I literally have to have my eyes on the road all the time because someone will just crawl in front of the car. Someone's It's, it's awful. But I literally was tears in my eyes this morning listening to that and then listening on the way to the studio today uh 2022 came on and i about oh, yeah. fucking lost it like yeah. it, it, and then i was just like god damn it again like it got me again and uh that's where like all those all those things those musings you were talking about where the, the today i can like, be accountable for today right now but not having to worry about being the same way tomorrow is a way to like break it off in chunks and and, yeah. and get it down so Make much insight happen. yeah Probably. Wait do you hear there's another version of 2022 that's coming out soon? Wait do you hear it? I can't wait for you to hear it. Do another version of it? 
Yeah. It's like full band, humongous, like big drums, like craziness. Really? Yeah. God. It'll be out before the end of the year. Because those words, man, those words just, oh, fuck. It just over, yeah. overcame me. I was, I yeah. If it was anyone else singing those words, I would have probably just kept driving and, and didn't affect me. But hearing you say that, just yeah. like it got me in the heart and and it's a, uh it's a hard song to play I, you the, know yeah i would assume so i would assume so i i, I wasn't even gonna ask because i just assumed uh you know um there's there's been times where people have asked me not to play it really like hey this is beautiful but i it's too much for me yeah well uh thank you for putting it out in the world though I mean, well, people do need to hear so it. So my, great, my greatest hope, my greatest hope is that, you know, the people who, you know, enjoy the music and look to it for some place to go, you know, to get away from their, their shit, you know, um, will have that. But also that, you know, there's a sign of hope in there that, you know, you can go and escape in music, but you can also go find hope in music. And you can go find, you know, um, uh, examples of, of people who are, are going through the same thing you are and feeling the same thing you are and, and, uh, and finding ways to get through it just like you can. Mm -hmm. Well said, my friend. Well said. Well, let's, uh, let's put in a pin in this for next time. And, uh, Sounds good. I'll talk to you next year. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's been, I'll hopefully, hopefully be there the uh, next time you come you through. Get out to that, if you get out to that fest, make sure you hit me up. I think it'll be fun. I will, man. I, there's so many different reasons to go. I'll, I'll probably just do it. But uh, yeah, be well, my friend. And, and uh, thank you for for uh, spending the time. And and uh, I'm really I'm really stoked at the direction you're going. It's all, always my pleasure, dude. Thanks for paying attention to my music. Thanks for being my buddy. Of course. Always, my friend. All right. Be well. We'll, we'll talk soon. Later, Dewey. All right. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anthony Green, his third appearance on the show. Uh, and like I said, in a very different place, his new record, Boom Done, is coming out July 22nd. It is a fantastic record. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, go over and get that pre-sale vinyl. Uh, I, believe, I believe they're doing vinyl cassette. They may be doing cassette. I can't remember, uh, but the record is fantastic. You guys need to go check out the songs that are already on Spotify. Um, and thank you so much for coming back week after week. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to, uh, you can go and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and you can rate the show on Spotify. It definitely helps us out, keeps that algorithm in our favor and the chart position in our favor, which helps us get all kinds of things, different guests, uh, more exposure. And if you love the show, of course, you want us to grow. And uh, I definitely appreciate that help. So thank you so much, guys. I love each and every one of you. And I hope uh, each and every one of you are okay out there, especially after having these conversations with Anthony and, and folks that are in recovery actively. Uh, it makes me think how many more of you out there listening um, are not in recovery and maybe uh, thinking of making that step. All I can tell you is, uh, you know, you, no one can tell you to do that until you're ready. You have to be ready to do it. But hopefully... Some of these conversations will get you there to where you get the help that you need and you reach out and ask for help. Um, you know, it's something it's very hard to do alone. Um, but I, I just implore you to, if you're feeling that way, uh, that you need help, please ask for help. Um, there's plenty of resources out there uh, everywhere, all around the world. Ask for help. Hit me up, whatever you need to do, but just don't suffer alone. All right. 
I'm going to get off my soapbox here and I'm going to get out of here. I got a bunch more to do. We're creeping up on episode 300. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I cannot wait to put that out. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the radio. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there.